Do you like the show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs and welcome to another exciting episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is Derek diamond and I'm still recovering from a very busy but fun and productive weekend at Pensacon and speaking of Pensacon you'll be hearing our live panel that we did I know we've talked about this the last couple of weeks on the show uh, we held the panel uh, this past Sunday and it was a lot of fun you know it's always fun uh, interacting with other people uh, got some good questions from the audience talked about uh, some games that we'd like to see be remade and why we think that you know retro gaming has developed kind of a resurgence in popularity and you know I'd like to thank Jason for making the drive over here to Pensacola and also to Wally Phelps who joined us on the panel it was a lot of fun and hopefully you guys enjoy it um, I won't be doing an outro for this week's show uh, because we did all our plugs actually at the panel but I did want to say real quick uh, you'll also get to hear Jason and Wally on this week's Derek Diamond Experience you'll be hearing our Defending Bad Movies panel so that will be out later this week as well so hopefully you guys enjoy it and we'll be back next week with my review of Final Fantasy 3 so without further ado here is our panel from Pensacon 2019 Greetings, programs, and welcome to this special Pensacon edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. My name is Derek Diamond. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Wally Phelps. It was weird doing that because usually Jason intros the show and it completely threw me off by doing that. So how's everyone enjoying Pensacon? I know we're wrapping up. We've got about, what, two hours left yeah. of the Those convention? Some tired woos. Yeah, yeah very tired woos. <laughs> oh. So to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast, it was started by, uh, it was really Jason's idea um, almost three years ago. Yeah. That's crazy to say. Um, Jason, uh, well, I guess I'll let you go a little bit into it about your, you know, going back into collecting retro games. Yeah, I've always loved, you know, the Nintendo era, Super Nintendo, and uh, kind of got back into collecting a few years ago, and uh, I talked to Derek if he wanted to do a podcast just where we talk about retro game stuff and, uh, you know, we'll review a game every week or whatever. And I was trying to find podcasts at the time that were talking about retro games and stuff, and I couldn't find anything. So if you can't find something, might as well start it yourself. So I asked Derek to do a show, and he said yes. I was like, sure, why not? Because I, I had recently started getting back into it myself, and, you know, I remember growing up especially loving the Super Nintendo back in the, the early to mid-90s and playing like Super Mario World and Zelda Link to the Past and all the fun RPGs for that console and just, I don't remember how many games I had for the Super Nintendo, but I know it was quite a few that I amassed throughout the years yeah. and, you know, N64 and kind of going on were fun too, but to me, nothing will ever beat the Super Nintendo. I don't know. I think the Nintendo beats it out for me. That's an argument that he and I have on the show, is and which console I is. I am on Team CDI. 
Not 32X? <laughs> the 32X was great, thank you. <laughs> and Wally is on, because is, uh, I, I have this saying that I never let facts get in the way of a good story. And it all started because Wally would listen to our show, and he would say, well, he would post on Twitter, well, you guys got this wrong. You got that wrong. Well, you also got that wrong, too, so he is our official fact checker. It also infuriates me anytime they say something that, like, I thought was, like, common knowledge. It's like, I've never heard of that game before. You did what? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's how how Wally was brought on board. Um, I guess the main thing we were going to talk about today is uh, why has retro video gaming become popular again because there was a huge you know vendor booth even like out on the vendor floor that i think is the biggest i've ever seen here yeah it's definitely uh bigger than last year and there's i just notice a lot more at conventions you see a lot more uh you know retro gaming booths that are set up and uh it's nice to see but at the, at the same time it, it, when I started back into it, you could still go to the flea markets and find Nintendo games for like two, three bucks. And now you can't find anything at flea markets anymore. You have to go you know, to retro gaming shops and things and buy stuff off of eBay. So you're pretty much paying top dollar for anything you want these days. It, unless you got it you know, seven, eight years ago at a flea market, you're pretty much out of luck. Well, even some of the Nintendo and Super Nintendo games were, I thought, fairly reasonably priced. But something you brought up to me was that the GameCube games were yeah, pretty game. pricey. That was pretty much what you would pay back then. Oh, yeah. They're pretty much the same price as when they were new. And that's definitely something you're going to see in the next couple of years, I think. Especially like the Nintendo 64 uh, PlayStation games, um, you know, uh, uh, GameCube. That sort of stuff is going to start getting higher in price because the kids that had this nostalgia for that then that are are you know like the people my age now like late 30s early 40s are into nintendo super nintendo because we were right in that you know that sweet spot in the 80s um you know i was born in 1977 so i was in the perfect spot to not only love the the original nintendo but also like you know all like just sheer 80s nostalgia for you know movies and cartoons and things like that so you see all that stuff that people are nostalgic for and then now you're going to have all the kids that are nostalgic for the GameCube and stuff are going to start looking for this stuff and buying it and the prices are just going to skyrocket so if you want to get that stuff you better get it now. Why do you guys think that now all of a sudden retro gaming and even in the last couple of years has become popular again well okay there, there's i have a couple of answers uh, okay the first one is completely false uh no i think that it has a lot to do with the f- emotions that you get whenever you play a retro game because whenever whenever you were a kid there your brain is being wired so not only are we playing these retro games but we're also still looking back to the movies that we watched then we're we're uh really the first generation of people who have retro video games to play yeah so i think that's why now that we have some expendable income <laughs> uh, that we can actually go out and, and, and relive those memories of the games that we used to love. Uh, the second 
answer that I have is because newer games require more commitment. Yes. And it's a commitment that I no longer have because I was a video game writer for, for a while. And I was taxed with reviewing a video game called Max Payne 3. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. But it took me, because I had a child, an actual job, and other responsibilities, it took me three weeks to beat the game. And I got it a week before it came out. So the review still came out after the game came out. And that's when it clicked in my head. I don't have time for this anymore. <laughs> so I go back and play those retro games where I can play it for a good 15, 20 minutes or, or six hours. It doesn't, it really, it really depends on how much time I've got on my hands and either way I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. So I think that that's a lot. I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation whenever they get older and have those responsibilities. Well, not only that, but I think there's something, you know, kind of magical about, you know, the old Nintendo, Super Nintendo games like Mario and all that kind of stuff, that you can play those games over and over again, and you can play them, you know, <coughs> pop them in and play them for 10 minutes or play it for an hour or two, and you're still going to go back and play it over and over again. And nowadays, like, I play a game, a new game, as soon as I'm done, I'm not going to touch it again. You know, I'm not going to put another... There, there are some games that require you to put 200 hours into it. Like, I don't have that kind of time. No, <laughs> I want to play something I can just pop in, play, get some enjoyment out of it, and that's it. Breath of the Wild, I think, has been the exception for me. Yes, for that. I've put yeah. well over 100 hours into well, that it's game. it's got that Nintendo magic. Yeah, that's true. Well, Spider-Man is the exception for me, but that's... <laughs> I still have yet to play that. I really want to, though. It's incredible. <laughs> Would you say it's amazing? I say it's spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Wally brings up a good point about the nostalgic value of it because it's a different feeling. Like for me, it's when I go back and play like Link to the Past, or it might be some of the old Game Boy games or ones that were from that era. And also, to your point, you can just pop the cartridge in, or if you if you've got a digital download, you just turn it on and play it. Whereas with newer games, you buy it. And there's, oh, there's a day one download yeah. that you spend like three or four hours, you go out, you run errands, and you might be able to come back and play the game. Yeah, I don't remember a, a single Nintendo game where I had to buy it and then get home and do like a, a 85 gig download to, just to play it on the first day. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the other day, I, th this is literally a story from two weeks ago. I actually had a little bit of time to play some games, sat down, turned on Call of Duty 4, 11 gigabytes to download. Okay, uh, let's pop in Spider-Man. Three gigabytes to download. I'm going to wash dishes. You know, it's just, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> so kind of hopping off on the, the nostalgia factor, what certain games for you guys can you just turn on and you just have flashbacks to being a kid again? Like, What are some of the first that popped to mind? Uh, definitely Ninja Gaiden. Because that was uh, one of those games, even to this day, I still can't beat. <laughs> and it's my white whale. I'm going to beat that game one of these days. Uh, but definitely, like, uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, and Dr. Mario, things like that. As soon as I put those games in, it, it just puts me right back in the mindset of being, like, 10 years old. 
Yeah, I, I would say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, the arcade game. Yes. Yep. Uh, the trying to do ones that you didn't say uh double dragon no i, I didn't like double dragon uh paper boy <laughs> is one of my yeah. favorites from my childhood uh the um super mario world uh just there's a whole slew, sonic the hedgehog makes me feel like i'm i'm 14 again and and smelling the inside of that clamshell box that it came in whenever you get the whenever you got the pack in back in the day they used to give you like quality stuff, you know. I remember looking in the Toys R Us mag, you know, uh, toy book, and it showed that it was in a clamshell box. And I'm like, well, my Nintendo games come inside of a cardboard <laughs> box. What in the world is this? So the first thing I did, I'm a weird kid, opened it up, <laughs> and every time I play Sonic the Hedgehog, I smell that smell. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. I mean, for me. Sonic the Hedgehog is up there too. Uh, Super Mario World, Link to the Past, um, Earthbound for Super Nintendo is one that's up there for me. It's a very odd game, but it's one that I still love to this day. I try and go back either once a year or maybe once every other year and play through at least some of it. But what is it about those games, though, that really, that we can just go back and still play 30, 40 years later and still get ultimate enjoyment out of? that games today just don't have. And not I'm not knocking games today. I know there's a lot of work goes into stuff, but I just don't care <laughs> about, like, he's tried to get me to buy Call of Duty 4 for, like, the last two months. I'm just like, nah. Never played care. a Call of Duty game. Like, I want to shoot you in the face. Yeah, he wants to shoot me in the face. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Please. But I will play Super Mario Brothers 3. At any point of the day, like any day, and it's just, I love it. And, and, and it's weird because you say the names of the games and immediately the soundtrack pops in yes. too. I mean, that, that doesn't happen with most modern games. I mean, no. there's exceptions like Halo and yeah. uh, the Sp new Spider-Man game has a great soundtrack to it. But Yeah, but is it memorable though? But uh, well, Yeah, but you can't hum it. Like whenever you say... <laughs> Whenever you say Super Mario Brothers three, the first thing that pops in my head is do 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 and you know it's just it happens. I don't mean for it to happen. Yeah. After you play Mario three, you just walk outside. Dun 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 dun. Still the greatest reveal in the Wizard of any video game ever. Super underrated movie. Oh yeah. If you haven't seen the Wizard, you're missing out. With the great Fred Savage. Yes. <laughs> it's bad. But no, in I, 80s good way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, does anybody in the audience have any like questions or comments they wanted to throw out to us? So, you notice that there's kind of been a uh, resurgent popularity of people wanting to play retro games on original hardware, like CRT monitors and original you know, console work. I grew up with 8-bit computers, Commodore 64, and that kind of stuff. People wanted an original, because for years you've been able to do it in an emulator. You just want yeah. to fire it up and play it. Do you all kind of a preference one way or the other playing on original hardware or emulator? I prefer original hardware uh, with a CRT television. It's really the only real way you're going to get the original experience of playing the game, especially if you have to blow into your cartridge you know, to get it to play. <laughs> that, that's kind of part of it. Yeah, 
I, well, I was going to say the I agree with him wholeheartedly because with all the emulators, there's always something that feels off. Like, yeah. like, like, like I feel like it's an imposter. <laughs> you know, the, whenever you're, plus the gamepad is wrong. There's always like a second delay between the inputs and the and the game that you have to account for. In, yeah. in my experience, so yeah, I, I prefer to play the original on on original hardware if possible. So initially, I was all about emulators, and I had a Xbox style controller that I would play like Super Nintendo and Nintendo games on. But honestly, he's the one who got me into wanting to find the original cartridges. Now I'm all about playing on the original hardware. I don't have a, a CRT television, unfortunately, but playing it on the original hardware is is the way to go, in my opinion. Well, there's also something, too, about um, learning how to repair your systems and cleaning your games and things like that. Like, I have several Nintendos that I've replaced the 72-pin connectors in, and, you know, and... There's something really zen about it, just working on old consoles, cleaning the games, and just the thrill of the hunt, you know, like going to yard sales and flea markets and finding that one, you know, true gem that you just come across, like, you know, some old lady's getting rid of her, you know, middle-aged son's collection of video games, and, like, you come across, like, you know, panic restaurant for, like, five bucks, and you're like, oh, my God! <laughs> It's great. No, absolutely. Uh, any other questions or comments? All right, so I'm not even 20 yet, and I grew up on this stuff. But, like, my dad had an old um, Super Nintendo that he had since he was a kid. That I didn't have any of the newer stuff until fairly recently. And I grew I don't know what it is about it, but it's like... Even if you didn't grow up in that sweet spot, you still get that feeling that you did, you know? I think that's a lot to do with just Nintendo in general. Uh, and not to, you know, throw Sega under the bus or anything. They're right in there with that, too. But How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but there's something just... I don't know what it is about Nintendo, but, I mean, it's timeless. I think you're going to be able to have... You can take any three or four year old and sit them in front of a TV and put on Super Mario Brothers, and they're going to instantly, you know, hand them a controller and they're going to know what to do. And it's still there's just some kind of magic with those games because they were simplistic, but at the same time, it was almost kind of like that uh, easy to learn, hard to master type of thing. Especially games like Super Mario and hell, even games like Tetris, like. I can pop in Tetris anytime and play that game. It, it never gets old or, you know, but when it comes to, like, newer games, I just don't care <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and those you, consoles you were built like trucks, too. They, like, you can't were. hurt them. <laughs> well, I mean, we did have to blow on them a lot, but yeah. but and and oh my God, get the Q-tip with the yep. alcohol yep. pad on it. Let me see if I can get it to work now. But you know, I forgot where I was going to go with it. Now that you distracted me, so oh, go sorry. ahead. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, oh, it's uh, okay. 
it, like Tetris is available for everything. Like you can get it on your Apple Watch, but it's. Well, they just came out with the, the Tetris 99. Oh yeah, not too yeah. long ago. Where, where it's a battle royal game yeah. now. It's it's. Re, re, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that's the thing. It, 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 but it doesn't have the same feel as firing it up on a Game Boy. <laughs> you yeah. know, because that Game Boy had like a tactile, like you were holding a ham sandwich type. <laughs> you know, it, 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 and, and it looked awful. But there's something charming about all of that. Yeah. And if you and didn't have good lighting, you were SOL. Say, yeah. You need, you need, you can't go outside because that's too much lighting. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, they did have the the light that you could buy for the Game Boy that was like this twenty pound, like you know, arm of, uh, that would hook onto it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And it wasn't, and it was like a third party, so so it didn't really click right. Yeah. And it like kind of fell over, and the magnifying glass that came that you could buy separately uh, was supposed to fit underneath it, and it didn't really all that great. So yeah, it, it was the things we had to go through at our, at our age. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's yeah. one of the, it's like, whenever they had the Game Boy Advance come out and it looked like an old NES, I bought it. And with Excitebike. Because <laughs> I wanted that feel, you know? And yeah. I didn't get it when I bought it. And I felt, I felt ripped off, <laughs> you know? But, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. There was an excitement that doesn't happen anymore with, with unwrapping the shrink wrap and opening up the box yeah. and seeing the manual pop out. And uh. Oh, manuals were great. That's one yeah. thing I miss is manuals. That was great bathroom reading. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a question? Yeah, so um, with all of the... You know, we were talking about the reason why retro is coming back. With all the emphasis on graphics and things that look so beautiful these days and the realism and all this... Do you think that that's taking away from the story and all that, that, that actually bring people in with the retro games? You saw the figure, you know, you know, Final Fantasy III on the Nintendo was a great game. It wasn't beautiful, yeah. but it was a great game because the story was there. I think the problem is, is a, and Nintendo still does this, and, and you can look at companies like Blizzard who do, you know, World of Warcraft and things like that. There are certain companies out there that put gameplay first, and it doesn't matter if the game looks great or not. As long as it's fun to play, that's always been kind of the, the cornerstone of what Nintendo and, and Blizzard and, and companies like that are about. And I think that, you know, that really says something, and that's why we love these old video games, because yeah. it doesn't matter what they look like. They're just fun to play. One thing that I've noticed within the last few years is that the emphasis on graphics is high, but also they aren't, they are actively not doing stories. Uh, you know, uh, th there are exceptions. You're, you're obviously a God of War fan. It, it, that is an exception. Spider-Man is the exception. Uh, but man, if you look at all the other games, they're mostly battle royal games or games that are multiplayer in nature they want us to play with each other and i don't want to yeah <laughs> <laughs> i work at gamestop and 
so many questions. Well, what can I get a game with really good story? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing for you. Yeah. But let me, let me, what do you got this couch called? Ah, uh, you can play Diablo. That's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's unfortunate that, you know, entire genres are no longer being made yep. because they they are all going for the highest profit margins, which is loot boxes and downloadable content and the multiplayer. You know, you, you don't buy a full game almost anymore. Uh, I mean, I, I would argue that there are... Uh, companies that do DLC right, and I think Insomniac is doing that very well, and I think uh, Sony does it well to a point, and Harmonix, of course. But like most of the DLC is garbage. Yeah. Why are you making me pay to use this gun that's already in the game? <laughs> you know, it just it it's that's unheard of and we used to be able to unlock these special abilities yeah. you know in, in Zelda games the different that's types of swords that's another thing too I mean you look at all these companies like just recently uh, Activision laid off like 800 people <laughs> yeah um, but you look at all these AAA games that are coming out and that's why they're doing all the DLC and the loot boxes and everything because they've got three, 400 people working on one game and then when the game comes out like what do you do for these people? You, if you're not making another game, they're not, you know, working. So, and they, but then I think the rise of <clears throat> retro gaming because the last couple of years, you look at games like Super Meat Boy, that was made by two guys in a basement. Yeah. That could have been on the, you know, a game that could have been on the Super Nintendo, and it sold millions of copies. So I think you're going to see in the next few years. I just don't think that the the current video game the state of video game it, I don't think it's sustainable I just really don't that's why you're seeing more games like Fortnite and things like that or the battle royal games because Call they of want, Duty yeah they want you to stay you know in, engaged and, and spending money on loot boxes and things like that instead of just making a good game with a, a you know a, sticking 10 dudes in a, with it you know, in a basement to because like, hey, make a really good side scroller that we can put out for something. You know, like instead of just you know doing yeah. something like that. Well, and something I want to throw out there too is, and it was something we've talked about on the show. I would argue that the style of you know eight bit and sixteen bit sprites almost have a timeless feel to yep. them. I mean, we've talked about like the N sixty four and PlayStation that polygonal look when they're first transitioning from two D to three D. The look doesn't hold up very well. No, it does not. But you can go back and it's some of the indie games that you know we found on the Switch and other various consoles have that Super Nintendo or NES type look because it's timeless yeah. in a way. Well, they're going back and remastering a lot of these games too. Like on uh, the Nintendo Switch, one of the best games I played last year was the Blaster Master Zero uh, remake of Blaster Master, which is one of the, I think, you know, best one of the uh, one of the best games you can get for the regular Nintendo, and not a lot of people had that game, but it was great because it it mashed all kind of different genres together, and it wasn't a popular game, but it's definitely one of those games that people that are really into Nintendo know that that's one of the best games you can get for the Nintendo. <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking off of that, I know something we were talking about right before we started with you know, the Spyro 
Remastered Trilogy recently came out. Crash Bandicoot Remastered Trilogy came out, I believe, last year, two years ago, maybe. Yeah. And now with the Resident Evil 2 remake, mm-hmm. what are some games that you guys would like to see remade in the next couple of years? Remade. I would love to see Nintendo bring back Star Tropics. And I don't know if anybody played that for the regular t- Nintendo, but that was a, a really big missed opportunity by Nintendo to have a long-lasting franchise. Like, that game was so good, but they just they really dropped the ball when it came to that franchise. They put out the second game, uh, Part 2, Zoda's Revenge, in 1994. It was one of the last games that Nintendo produced for the Nintendo. And at that time, people that had played the first game and liked it or liked those type of like RPG type of games had already moved on to the Super Nintendo or were playing computer games at that time. So by the time they put it out for the, the regular NES, nobody cared. I mean, that, that was a dead console at that point. So they just really dropped the ball on that. I mean, they already remade the ones I'm thinking of. I mean, <laughs> like, I can't say Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, can I? Because, <laughs> like, that game looks... Terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you go back and look at it, but it was one of my favorite games of, of all time. But it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to look better. Sorry about the graphics thing. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, uh, you go back and you play those games from that era. Lookwise, they do not hold up well at all. Yeah, it looks like somebody like had thrown sand all over the screen. How yeah. rainy it is. Yeah. It, it's a weird thing. I, mean, I don't know if they did that on purpose to make it look. You know, like the gritty streets. I doubt. <laughs> oh, that was a that was just kind of a bad era. You know, the late '90s era of video games, like when they were moving from the 2D to the 3D polygonal graphics. Just that's why I'm worried that if they put out a, an an N64, you know, classic console, I just don't think it's gonna work. I, I those games don't hold up as well at yeah. all. Yeah, I mean. Weirdly enough, the Nintendo 64, whenever you developed for it, you purposefully put a filter over it to make it look blurry. Yeah. yeah. Because of how bad the poly, everything looked on a cathode ray TV whenever you did yep. so it. So it, they were designed to look poor. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a question in the back? Oh. oh yeah. I well, I don't about think that. they yeah. should let Bowser take over. Like no, <laughs> no. Like, the, the guy taking over is a guy named Bowser. Um, <laughs> but uh, how long has Reggie been around? He's been like with Nintendo for a long now. time. Yeah. The first time I was aware of Reggie, and I'm sorry, you know, he, he went on stage at E3 one year and said, "We're going to play games and kick ass." Yeah. And we fit. I was like, "Is it?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He was perfect in his role. Um, so I don't know much about the guy that's replacing him. I just know that Reggie has been a staple of this uh, of, of our community for like I'm you know I worked for Nintendo uh, for for so long that it's going to be weird without him. But then again, whenever you think of like like Howard. From the Howard Phillips. Howard Phillips from the from the beginning of the NES era to near the end of the SNES era. Yeah. I always 
I didn't think he would ever retire whenever I was a kid. It's weird that I knew who this guy was. And, well, it's because we had the Howard and Nestor comics. Yeah, the Howard yeah. and Nestor comics. And they had the whole thing where he'd retire his bow tie. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I, I hope that it's going to be a transition similar to that where we're, we're going from this one guy that was bombastic and excited for everything that he was doing to someone else with the same you know emotions tied to gaming like like reggie was now i don't know i haven't seen any evidence of this bowser but uh if that is his real name but uh i would like to uh i'm gonna give him a shot but you know we're gonna miss reggie or at least i am now reggie was absolutely perfect for the role he was in i thought he was always very well spoken i thought he was a great representative of Nintendo, and he's definitely leaving some big shoes to fill out. It was, it came as a shock because you know a friend of mine texted me the other day and was like, "What do you think about Reggie retiring?" And I'm like, "What?" And sure enough, I went online. I was like, "Oh, Reggie's retiring. Crap." Uh, you know, I mean, it was bound to happen sooner or later. But at the same time, maybe we do need maybe a little bit new blood at this point with Nintendo of America because I mean, we do have a lot that we complain about with the way they do things uh, these days. They do have a for every one good, great thing they do, they'll do like three small, crappy things. Well, you know, but, <laughs> you know? but that's not Reggie's fault. That's, no. Because like no. everybody on the higher echelon at Nintendo are in Nintendo of Japan. Yeah. So they're all making those decisions. And and I, I don't know how much you know. God, I know too much about video game history. <laughs> I don't know how much you know about the way Jap- Japan does business, yes. but whatever... The oldest Japanese, uh, you know, the, the high, higher seniority you are, you don't question it. Yeah. So if you say, hey, we're going to make 100,000 NES minis and 5 million people want one, we're not making any more. The boss said no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, so it's so Reggie had to do with uh, Reggie did miracles with what he was given. Yeah. I think. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, any other questions or comments? I'm sorry, I just wanted to say it. When you said that uh, games from that era really didn't like, hold up well on the uh, on the transition to 3D, first thing that came to my mind was Super Mario RPG. Hmm. But it, I don't know why. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is Battle Arena to Shinden for the PlayStation. <laughs> because it's it ugly. And but it was like the thing that they were advertising. It was like, look at how amazing 3D gaming's going to be. And now it's like, was I really excited for that? <laughs> yeah, but you look at a lot of the games from the Nintendo 64 era. The ones that really did look good were developed by the same company, Rare. <laughs> Rare. Who did you know the Super Mario RPG? They did Banjo Kazooie, those type of games, but. You go and look at other games from the Nintendo 64, and they look awful. Ocarina of Time yeah. is one. Wow. I guess the room next door agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're going to start invading any time now. <laughs> uh, the natives are restless. But um, I think we're getting close to wrapping up. Huh? Yeah, we've got about uh, 10 minutes left. I, I will say, going back to the remastered, as a cliche of an answer as it is, mine would be Ocarina of Time. Like a true 
fully remastered 3D, like not for the 3DS, but for the Switch. Yeah. So while you can take a drink. Uh, well, I think you know with what they're actually coming out with Link's <laughs> Awakening. I oh think yes. We're start seeing a lot more of those games from that era. They're gonna just basically take them and just finally make them look good. <laughs> yeah. Because they're great games. They just they don't look good. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know what I want? I, I want a, clay, a new clay fighter. <laughs> you leave this room right now. <laughs> oh. I disagree with that. I would love, I would love that. But just to hear somebody name drop it, like Super Mario RPG. I've talked to people about that at work, and they're like, "Oh, I love that game." What? I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> But I think we're really getting to that point where, you know, kids don't know these games. So yeah. it's a great time for them to just not, you know, only make new games, but they could go back and just remaster all these old games and just release them again. <clears throat> you know what we yes. need to do? Yeah. Yeah. We need to have an under-21 Primal Rage tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's remake Rampage. They already did that, like, twice. <laughs> Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually changed my answer. A full remastered Mario RPG would be fantastic. Would be yeah, yes. Yeah, that would be a day one purchase. Like, yeah. I don't like, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's funny because I have the um, the rare replay, and I have the Killer Instinct, the new one, and I play rare replays version far more than the the new one because it plays very similar to the way it used to, and I used to love just those massive combos that you could hit with the work it, and it, it just and her ridiculous finisher, and yeah, I'm not going to go into it, but it. it, it it is an, an amazing game for the SNES yeah. that I don't think really gets its due because now Microsoft is making them. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like what Microsoft is doing, which is a hot take, I know. <laughs> but, you know. Well, another thing, too, about like the Nintendo 64 games, those games were great, but at the same time, that controller was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to put, go back and play some of those games with a good controller, you know, with dual analog sticks, because I got a Nintendo 64 not too long ago, a couple years ago, and tried to go back and play some of those games, and it is, that, that control, it was great for the time, because it was a transition from, you know, the, the, NES, the Super NES style controller and the dual analog sticks, but yeah. it's terrible. I mean, and it broke easily. Yes, yeah, like, very I, easily. I, you know, because you know, it had four controller ports, so, so there was a lot of multiplayer games on it. I never owned one, but I always went to people's houses who owned one, and I always ended up with the one that was off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of that portion where the, the, the quality of the console and controllers kind of started to shift to, well, let's do it as quick and fast as we can rather than. Like you're talking about the, you know, the sheer, you know, the, the 
reliability of those older consoles. Yeah. You know, I see so many people that bring in, you know, Xbox and Xbox 360s and Xbox One to its crate. They look horrible. Yeah. Absolutely just beat up. Somebody brings a Nintendo or an original Nintendo to me and it's in perfect condition. Yeah. yeah. And they're easy to fix, too. Very easy. It's almost like they say have self-cleaning capabilities. Almost. I mean, you find one and it doesn't work. All you need to do is just order a 72-pin connector on uh, on the Internet and then just crack it open, put the new one in, dust it out a little bit, and it'll fire right up. Xbox 360 comes in and smells like cats, yeah. cigarette smoke. You breathe on it wrong and it's, you know. And I don't have breaks. cats or smoke. <laughs> I owned an Xbox and an Xbox 360, and both of them broke. The first one broke, had to send it in to get replaced. The second one, I got the red ring of death that everybody else did. Yep. Had yeah. to send it in to get a new one. There's and a fascinating documentary on YouTube about that, by the way. If you want to look it up, it's a, I forgot the name of it, but I'm sure if you search for Xbox red ring of death, you'll find it. It turns out that every single Xbox that was, that was made in that first manufacturing run had that problem like it wasn't a matter of if you will have a failed xbox when. it's when it was going to happen it was not an ideal uh design so that was interesting but my old nintendo the one i ha i got for christmas in 1988 still works perfectly i'm sure mine does wherever it is <laughs> and and the other nintendos i have i literally they're there's this little, there's a, a, a little flea market that pops up down the road from where I live uh, every three or four months. And the guy has Nintendos, as is five bucks, just piles of Nintendos. I go get them, and just, it takes like ten minutes to clean it, and they work perfectly. Five bucks. And, it, and it's perfect. Do you have one yeah. I can have? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, I think we're uh, just about out of time, but uh, I did want to give our plugs real quick. Yes. Uh, we do host our weekly podcast, the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. Um, our website is nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can email us, nerdcaveretro.com. You can follow all three of us on Twitter. Wally is at The Real Big Wall, Jay at JFunktastic, and myself is at Derek underscore Diamond. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you can download our show every Wednesday on Apple Podcast, and I believe that's it. Anywhere you can get podcasts, yep. that's where you can find this, it. This is, this is an unusually formatted show, by the way. The way it normally is, they'll tell you the news of, of the week, uh, and they'll go into a... a Basically, tirades against Final Fantasy for the rest. Well, of the I am reviewing Final Fantasy three next week. Yeah, they do, but they choose one game every week and do a review for it, and it's it's really one of the best podcasts out there. And I'm not Thank just you. saying it. Oh, you're too I'm kind. On this panel. <laughs> so yeah, the normal format of the show is we come in, we talk about our week, and then we do uh, any kind of video game, retro game news of the week, or anything dealing with Nintendo or Sega, anything like that. Then we do a segment called This Month in Video Game History, and we talk about video games and consoles, computer stuff that's, you know, all the way back to, like, 1980. And then, of course, we do a, we trade off doing uh, reviews every week, and we review everything from Nintendo to Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, any old game we can come across that we want to review. 
yeah, that's pretty much us in a nutshell. That's it. So thank you guys for coming out and yeah, absolutely. watching us live. Yep. Enjoy thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of Pensacon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>